0: Welcome to the Worship Theology Podcast. I'm Dr. Jeremy Parago, and this is a space where we explore issues in theology and worship. Today, I'm delighted to have two of my favorite songwriters, Rich and Lydia DeCas, who are London-based worship leaders. And today, we're going to explore um, issues around writing songs into the already and not yet of the kingdom as we look at issues around suffering and grief and pain, but also explore how songs can express Christian hope Rich, Lydia, I'm in your house in North London. Yeah. What a treat. Um just to get to know you guys a little bit. What's mm. yeah, what's a, a moment in worship where maybe something unique happened or you can remember like God mm. shaped you, challenged you or something you saw in others like as as I say corporate worship, what's where is your mind quickly brought to?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go I'm going to go for last night. <laughs> <laughs> London in, I was there last night in London we were at uh St Paul's Hammersmith and uh there was a moment in the in the worship where where we we basically stopped the band and in, invited people to to sing particularly those who feel like they've not been seen but that but to know that the father recognizes their voice and and then this sound just came out where mm. everybody was singing in harmony. And it's just the most beautiful sound on earth, hearing God's people um, just wrapped up in him and, and responding in adoration and in the overflow of the heart. And mm. it, was, it was stunning. So if
0: you've never beautiful. been in those moments, it's simultaneously very corporate, like mm. everyone's singing, but then also it's personal it's Mm. your own song your own words and some are maybe singing in other other tongues and some are singing just scripture some are singing jesus i love you i need you yeah so yeah it was a beautiful moment in a beautiful setting of saint paul's hammersmith like a gorgeous Uh, church too, that with the acoustics and actually i mean i love that on the it's super practical Mm. like sometimes the band gets there's a lack of clarity because you're in a, a, a space mm. like that that was made for the human voice. So mm. in addition to the kind of pastoral and prophetic, it made sonic sense too. Yeah. Like yeah. it filled the filled was, the space for what it was meant to be filled with, the human absolutely. human voice.
2: It's the most beautiful sound, isn't yeah. it? Like mm. even this morning we were listening to a little recording oh, yeah. that one of our band members sent us and we were like, I could just listen to this for hours. It's mm. just absolutely stunning. Mm
0: yeah the human voice i mean it's such mm. yeah. beautiful powerful yeah what about you lydia what's what's a corporate worship moment that just comes to mind
2: mm. yeah so straight away it brings me back um about 10 years ago we were at david's tent from the start basically from the first uh year which is um, if those that don't know this yeah. is a Worship movement in the UK, exactly
0: 72 hours almost every year. Yeah, (laughs) every year, year, (laughs) yes,
2: exactly. Um, and I I had just come out of quite a painful situation, um, you know, where ministry goes wrong. I'm sure I've been the only one, you know, (laughs) no one else has ever experienced it in in their life. Mm. Um, anyway, and 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 especially. I had had a lot of healing through worship music um, and then going into this place where all that worship music is being played was actually really raw and really um, quite painful actually in confronting in that way. And there was this moment where Melissa Helser had this uh, prophetic word about the wells of disappointment, like dancing on the wells of disappointment. And I, I had a choice in that moment to either... You know disengage or enter in and I, I i i so clearly remember that moment of like i need to dance i don't feel like it but yeah. i need to step in i i literally get goosebumps when i say it again because it was such a powerful moment for me of breaking off disappointment of myself and i i Dance like crazy. Like, <laughs> if you know me a little bit, you know what I'm talking about. It's it not pretty. It's not No, it's, no flags oh, or banners. No, no, no. Or... It's no, you know, it's no ballet. It's, it's not pretty, but it, I know it was so powerful. And um, and it's, just, it's redemption, you know. It's just something that broke off then. And even now, I notice like sometimes I just feel like dancing like that again. And I, I know now it doesn't break off my own disappointment they can break up of other things yeah. or just bring freedom and it's not because i'm so amazing but i just know there's there's been a victory moment and you kind of release that then it's yeah it's a, it's the mysteries of heaven that we don't really understand but we can see it in in the now
0: that god was active
2: exactly as you
0: also yeah. had that convergent moment and embodied yeah. your yeah. worship in. In the mm-hmm. place of suffering or pain or yeah. disappointment. Wow. Yeah. Rich, why why do why do you write songs for the for the church? Not just <laughs> yeah. songs to be sung to your wife or in a a a pub, a club yeah. or to make money.
1: Yeah, right. But why do you do write,
0: write 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 songs for others, maybe to sing or to minister to mm. to others? Yeah, because we have
1: enough songs already, don't
0: we? Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot. <laughs> yeah. Graham Kendrick, I remember I talked to me about worship in like the '70s. There were maybe like 50 choruses then, and now there's like
1: 50 million, 50 million mm. like mm. 40,000 songs. A and by the day, time so this yeah. comes
0: out, there'll be another uh, another yeah. million out. Like, no, why? I,
1: yeah. So my my. Uh, main motivation as a as a songwriter, um and, and as a worship leader and, and hopefully just as a disciple is is to serve um and to serve the body, to serve Christ and so I think for me I always see songwriting as, as an act of empathy. Um in that I, I you know i've i've grew up playing music i grew up writing songs for myself really bad songs <laughs> as a teenager um but that's a gift that that god's given me and i've i've honed it and practiced it um, but i know that not everyone else can write that can translate their experience or their joy in god or their questions into a song um and and but that's something he's given me so my main motivation when i'm writing songs is it's to write songs for other people to sing. Mm. Um, and, and, and really, in, yeah, in response both to what they're going through, but also in response to the gospel of, of Christ, the, the difference that he makes in our lives today um, and all that he's done and all that he is doing. Yeah.
0: Um, so your, yeah. your kids, just for full disclosure, are making some music <laughs> making behind, music. Yeah, behind yeah, us yeah. during yeah. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some good drumming going on. I mean, talk about that a little more. Like Mm. writing music for others. Yeah, a Mm. friend of mine who I interviewed recently, like Nate Myrick, talks about music as care for others or music that's empathetic towards the needs of others, not just your own Mm. personal expression. Although that's important, and you, yeah, yeah, probably have songs that do that too. But like as you try to think or attune to to others, tell me more about that for you, Rich.
1: Yes, yeah, so I, something I've been doing—I mean, I've been doing it for a long time, but but more intentionally the last couple of years—is is really writing songs for other people who've been going through different stuff. Uh, you know, a few examples—you know, friends who who were having a baby and they really wanted their mum to come, but they were in Australia and they mm-hmm. couldn't fly because of COVID. And so I wrote a song for for her mum. You know, what she would say to her daughter and that that was the song or you know i wrote a song for uh somebody who was uh whose dad was in late stages of alzheimer's or um you know so sometimes they're quite tragic these songs but but what what uh, my heart behind it is is to well to do two things to sort of demonstrate like when people have been been sharing those things with me that that I've I've been listening, mm-hmm. and I've been sort of listening for what are the, what you know what's the the poetry within what people are saying and and the things that have really stood out to them, and then and and then secondly how to take that and transform it into something beautiful how to find the beauty yeah. and translate that into something that can be a gift to them can bring healing to them and uh, and how they can find find some redemption within within the midst of that difficult difficult stuff so so that's a bit more of like the how you know the why is is because you know god god is so kind to us that he sees us that he hears us and uh, and and so if i can be a vessel for him doing that for other people then Mm. i long to do that and you know use the gifts he's given me to to, to you just be a mouthpiece for his heart, really. Well, I, I can
0: picture so many songwriting retreats that are, go to these nice, and again, this is mm. very appropriate, like go to a nice lodge somewhere in the mountains and yeah. write songs. But I know, yeah, some of your ministry, when I first met you, you were headed to work in mm. displaced people's camps with refugees mm. and kind of outcasts in parts of mm. Africa. And then I, I remember coming back and hearing you lead make us one like Mm. with and that's a song if you're not familiar like it's one of the hooks make us one with the outcast with the broken and i remember you led that at david's tent which is a very kind of vertical Mm. experience where we sing to god and we Mm. hear what he's maybe saying to us but that song i know stretched people a little bit yeah but it was yeah i guess yeah. i i was reflecting on that as i as i heard you lead that new you know you wrote that yeah. you know for for you know out of, out of that experience and out of that community and it kind of dealt with a little bit of the pain but it also mm. reminded us that we're one like, yeah this is this yeah. is the body of christ both yeah as, brothers and sisters persecuted there's brothers and sisters who are mm-hmm. living in impoverished circumstances but yes, yeah,
2: yeah. we're the body
0: it's us that- like take take me into a little bit of that process like how do you acknowledge some of the pain and challenge but also bring that sense
1: of of mm-hmm. hope yeah i mean that that song specifically make us why i remember the moment it began i was in uganda um I, on a year, I was, I was living in Kenya, doing some missions trips and stuff. and This was before we met. Before we met. Yeah. And uh, we'd been to visit a children's village. Um, and that evening, we were worshipping together on the banks of the River Nile. And the spontaneous chorus came out, you know, take us deeper into your heart, Father. And that's always been my experience in, in prayer that's so often in worship and in, prayer, in session. intercession we ask for God's, more of God's love, but the Bible is so clear throughout the full breadth of Scripture that God's heart is for the outcast and, and for the orphan and mm. for the widow and for the poor. And so we can't pretend to ask for more of God's love yeah. and not be moved by compassion. Or, and mm. if we're not moved by compassion, then we have to question, mm. is that really God's love yeah. or, or is that just some self-soothing um therapeutic stuff that we've you know we've imbibed which is not really the gospel of of christ but it's really just making us feel good about ourselves and uh so that that's that's always been that's where that song came from for me that invitation into into receiving god's love is an invitation into compassion um and and actually the the, we're, Jesus said we're, we're more blessed to give than we are when we receive and that's the heart of, heart of who we are It's like do do we love people who we get nothing back from them mm. or, or are we only you know even in our language when we talk about i've I've invested in this relationship how how much of our culture has, has bled into our, our thinking around relationship? I've invested in this relationship, but I'm not getting anything out of it. No. That's that's not the kingdom of God. No. Kingdom of God is you that we give, and we're more blessed to give than and get nothing in return. Um, well, so. and what, I think what we learn, like
0: as I hear that song too, it's like all of these people who often are think thought of as a project mm. are actually united with us, mm-hmm. and there's also something we can. Receive and know, and I've particularly as I've lived in Turkey, Iraq, like had Mm. homes of displaced peoples opened up and they bring their chai and food. Like, Mm. where I feel like, oh, we're here to bless you or give, Mm. but also you're a member of the body of Christ, Mm. like you're also one with, and I'm learning and growing. I love about both of you, both in your, your writing, your songwriting and leadership, there just seems to be, I said it earlier, like a high EQ, a high emotional quotient, uh, uh, an awareness of where people are really at. Mm -hmm. And I think some of our Christian worship songs in particular, like fall into maybe a a false prosperity gospel where yeah. life's awesome god's great everything's awesome like god's greater god is great yeah. but it's
2: not all yeah. and I, I think
0: there's others like other mm. traditions that probably go the other way where mm. oh you know suffering is we're doomed is, we're gonna yeah we're gonna, we're, <laughs> we're gonna live in to that but doomed. you guys embody this like messy gritty like mm. hope mm. And, mm. Is is that in, intentional so. in the way you lead, pray, write songs? Mm. Unpack that a little bit. Why? Why maybe is it? Mm. Is it yeah. you write in that way that's has a sense of pain, brokenness? You yeah. lyrics about anxiety or lyrics about yeah. depression yeah. or spontaneous grief. prayers yeah. about yeah grief, but also there's Christian hope, eschatological hope. Mm. I, I,
2: you, there
1: you go we, you they're that.
0: both really good at this
2: so they're, and they're
1: preferring <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, one another <laughs> so, so we, we were, we're people of the resurrection but there's no resurrection without the death and uh, Ronald Rollheiser talks about uh, the, the stages that the disciples went through after the death and resurrection of Christ uh, there was this process of, of grieving Jesus' death uh, there was the process of adjusting to the idea that he's resurrected and you know the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus they didn't recognize Jesus yeah. at first. Um and and so they had to adjust their expectations and, and his challenge to us is that so often we miss out on the 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 joy of Pentecost in a season because we haven't grieved, we haven't adjusted our expectations, mm. we haven't looked for Jesus within within the new stage that we're in and, w- and whether that's because a death or a tragedy or a loss has led us into a new season mm. um that you know we've all had that with covid haven't we this this enormous social trauma and real life trauma as well of, yeah. you know loss of loved ones loss of um, jobs yeah. dreams mm-hmm. family yeah. Yeah. family members yeah you mentioned like people not being able to come together for births or weddings yeah mm. so much has been lost and uh, but i uh, you know i think that's the process of of uh you know transforming water into wine or um you know or transubstantiation as uh as the catholics would talk about you know you know yeah, blood in wine into blood or Maybe that's the wrong way of thinking about it. But, but in terms of transforming something uh, into uh, something that's transformative, something that's tragic, taking it and let it, allowing us to go through, if we're not allowing ourselves to grieve, to adjust our expectations, um, to let go of Jesus in the garden. That's what Mary had to do. Let go of me because I'm going to, I'm to uh, heaven. Um, so that we can receive the spirit of Pentecost and be full of the spirit and full of joy Mm. within that season that we're in and I think that's the invitation through songs and through worship is that we can facilitate that and and not just have like a token mention of things like sadness or 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 death but you know for us we we only write songs out of stuff that we've lived lived through and and Mm. that's that's our our ex- We don't really know how to do anything else. Mm. Um, you know that lived experience informing what we're doing, whether that's our experience or others around us that we're we're writing mm. for them. But
0: yeah, I mean, it, it feels like there is a theology of suffering and a theology of the resurrection, and mm. knowing that there is yes, Sunday's coming, but there's also Good Friday, which is mm. yeah. a tragedy. <laughs> like yeah. the savior of the world, the most perfect human being, mm. is gone. Yeah. Like yeah, as as you. Even last night your some of the songs were talking about anxiety, depression, some of your your words of encouragement and prayer, mm. Lydia, were were around that. Why 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 is that maybe important like as the church mm. to recognize is yeah, the space of grief or pain. Mm. we Richie, we were talking about the church has been talking about singing about lament mm. for mm. for years. But I think yeah, you're you're doing that, but also doing that in tension or in balance with Christian hope. Mm. Yeah. Why?
2: Yeah. I I think it's so important to almost give people permission to, to grieve, to feel, to connect with that and then to bring it before the Lord so that, you know, his love, his redemption can flow. Um, I even teach it with our children, you know, when they go through, painful memories or or painful um, experiences where, you know, something has happened and they, now River has learned that. And now, I mean, she's only seven and she will say, mommy, I just want to give this to Jesus. Um, and it comes out of her because she's been taught to do that. But so so many of us have never been taught how to do that well yeah. like we, we don't like connecting with the feelings of grief or yeah. the feelings of or trauma yeah. you know we we prefer to just move on and just live you know in tomorrow instead of looking back and you know part of that is good and it's healthy to not stay stuck in the past but we have to get through that as well to get into that real place of redemption where we can praise him with our whole hearts our whole bodies um so yeah I think that's one of the things like what you were saying like we we write the songs out of out of what we have walked through so it almost feels like there's kind of like I don't know an authority may call it an authority in in the spirit where it's not just fluffy faith that we write about, it's real, it's it's we've walked through this and we've we've come out on the other side. So we I have faith for everyone, every broken soul. We have we have one of these things that we sometimes sing, like, there's no soul that's too broken for your Jesus. There's no heart that's too broken. And we can sing it because we hundred percent believe it. Like there's nothing in us that doesn't believe that. And I think there's there's power in when you see a worship leader sing something who you know, they believe it Mm -hmm. and you can feel it. If someone sings it and doesn't believe it for themselves, Mm -hmm. if you are a little bit sensitive and have a bit of, you know, awareness, Awareness, you just Mm -hmm. feel it. You think, "Mm, I, I wish you believed what you sang. But -hmm. then when you have someone who really believes it's powerful because Mm -hmm. it breaks something in the spirit and people follow and you do this together now. And it's, Mm. Yeah. It's
0: yeah. yeah. I mean I also as yeah, as you're you're sharing as I think about some of the songs, lyrics, even stuff from just last night, I not only hear that emotional quotient, but also the tension of the kingdom that it's mm. already like mm. the kingdom's here, right here, but yeah. also not yet. Mm. And yeah, even one of the lyrics that was sung last night yes. names at that, that kind yeah. of Hippolytus. inaugurated eschatology. Yeah. George Ladd, others like really Highlighted that where so much of our modern worship songs, and particularly the last few years, which some of them are great and I use and sing, Mm. feel like they're coming for maybe an over realized eschatology. Mm. Like the moment we sing and play a chord, everything's going to be okay because Jesus is here. And there's part of me that says, Yes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I'm old enough now and have seen God's faithfulness through hard circumstances. Mm. But also want to recognize, yeah, sometimes we lose people who we prayed
1: mm-hmm. would
0: not be lost. Um, sometimes ministers or friends fail and trip up, even though they were yeah. in that moment of worship. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, are you intentionally writing, Rich, into that kind of already and not yet yeah. eschatology?
1: Mm. I mean, that, so that, that song we sang last night is called Hope on the Horizon and wrote it with my, my friend Sam few years ago, for, and that was a song we wrote for people who, who wanted to have children and, and couldn't have children. Um, and, you know, that was you know, those dearly loved, you know, friends of ours were going through that at the time. And, um, and, and so the lyric in that is, you know, in the space between the now and not yet, there's a song to sing that he won't forget because a broken heart's not laid to waste. If it's an alabaster jar of praise, and I think the the, the heart behind that sentiment is, is thinking about the the woman with the alabaster jars, she was weeping on the feet of Jesus, and and we don't know why, mm-hmm. and there's this invitation in in the in between, the now and the not yet, where we're living in the tension of of sorrow, where we're gonna be crying tears, so why not? Cry them on the feet of Jesus, and and to offer it up as praise. That's a that's a beautiful uh, um, tradition that that uh, our Catholic friends have. You know, offering it up, uh, the suffering, offer it up as praise, and um, and I think that that's that's the that's the invitation. Um, you know, in in that writing is it, you know recognizing that tension, and then and then also. Uh, recognizing that we know the end of the story don't we that Mm -hmm. uh that we would also live live with that reality that we know that christ is coming for his bride Mm -hmm. and that every tear will be right wiped away and um and so if we're gonna like we're gonna worship him now and there, there there's a conversation i remember having with with a friend who'd who'd lost his wife a few years ago and um about how there's there's a type of praise that we can give on this side of eternity that we won't be able to give um you know in the in the full realization of Christ coming mm-hmm. to be with us and um in that we can praise in the midst of pain now and that that's that's a beautiful treasured offering and and the ultimate reality and and what we're doing in in worship as worship leaders as people of god is Reminding ourselves and reminding the body of that that transcendent frame that we we're living in that's beyond the here and now that it's always he's always worthy of our worship and he's always even if he didn't do one more thing, if God didn't do another single miracle, never spoke again, he would still be worthy of every breath of every tribe in every tongue every knee bowing from now until all eternity and 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 that for me is the heart of worship is about responding to the gospel responding to him in the midst of it we have enough ammunition to always and we can we can lift it to god and say god why you know he does he's not afraid of our questions but at the same time it, it's not about us initiating it's about mm. responding to him to his gospel that's what worship mm. is for me
0: so is is there a space for the grief the pain in corporate worship
2: for, for people to feel it yeah
0: maybe. to mm. to oh. name it is that mm. is that maybe becoming too human focused is that mm. is there space for this is a leading question. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. No, I, think, I like it. I think there is. Yeah. And that's why I invited to talk to yeah, you yeah. about it. But, but, and I think you guys create mm-hmm. that, but, but yeah, I, I guess there's so many thinking of so many of the great songs, particularly the last mm-hmm. five or 10, 10 years do fit under that. Like maybe over hopeful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. that Every time we sing, there's going to be a miracle. And, Thank God mm. there is Christ is present, mm. but th- sometimes those, yeah, those miracles aren't the ones we prayed yeah. for. Yeah, um, there's another miracle, or there's mm. another redemption out of that pain that we didn't really want mm. to have to go through, but it actually drew us mm. somehow in that tension towards mm. towards mm. the Lord.
2: Yeah, I I think there should always be that space. Pain, as long as it points us to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think then it's okay to name it. And I think that's the difference. Like, if it then becomes like, oh, poor old me, I'm in so much pain, and all the attention goes to me, then it's like, okay, just grow up. (laughs) There comes a time. Yes, there is a time for that and a place, but then there has to be a time where, you know, it has to be pointing to Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, even just personally, I've been struggling with pain. For a long, long time, I had slipped this last year, but even before that, like as, as long as I can remember, I've had muscle pain and I don't understand it, and I have full faith for miracles. I know I've seen you God say, do yeah. miracles. I, I know He can do it. But I worship in, in pain when I leave, we, I'm in pain now right now, I'm in a lot of pain. but there's, but it's, it's, when we worship we focus on jesus Mm. but then there's a moment where we can be real and say god i don't understand this like why or when he heals us and the pain comes back (laughs) i'm like how (laughs) do we deal with that you know you share a testimony and a a month later you're like back in pain again Mm. but this is reality this is exactly this is the kingdom the now and the not yet and even Last month, I had um, I felt that, that you know there was a breakthrough in my pain. I had a Tuesday morning with no pain, and I felt Jesus say, "Share it," and I, I and I said to Jesus, "But I, I kind of know it's coming back," <laughs> and He said, "Share it anyway," <laughs> and it was hard, and I but I I did. I said, "Guys, I I have no pain, and it's a miracle from God." And yeah, in the afternoon, I could hardly walk. I had so much pain. But I'm I'm choosing to celebrate the little moments of victory. I'm like even if it's one hour of no pain, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus, for mm. that one hour. Mm. And it because it it brings me back to Jesus and and just focusing on Him. Mm. Um, yeah,
1: I guess I guess there's also just thinking: should we should we bring grief in into a conversation with God? Because isn't grief a human thing? But actually God grieved before we ever learned how to do that mm. so in many ways our experience of grief is is touching on something that was in the heart of God and mm. you know he he the separation from the ones he loved he knows that mm. and and when we lose our loved ones that's that's us experiencing the grief that God's already had and, there was there was something there was something uh, recently with with our daughter that she was finding difficult at school, and we were both had separate conversations with with oh, her, yeah. and we yeah, hadn't yeah. talked to each other about it. But but actually teaching her that, you know, when people say things about you that are not true, actually you're experiencing something that Jesus experienced and that pain, and, mm-hmm. and he knows what that feels like and i think oh, some some yeah. of
0: the traditions that probably we've worked with and have friends that, that flow in those that like you don't you don't even mention that you don't mm-hmm. mention that jesus had pain or you if you do it's in a way to say jesus had pain so you will ne- you don't have, <laughs> you have to you yeah. will yeah. never you don't have, so you don't have to yeah, yeah. yeah and i guess
1: it's like an insurance anyway yeah i <laughs>
2: But Jesus says, "In this life, you will have trouble." Yeah. So that's also in the Bible, isn't it? And uh, and it's true. That's also the other flip yeah. side that we don't like talking about. Hmm. But it is, it's life. It's true. Yeah. Hmm. But then in that, because in that moment when we ta- when I said to Jesus uh, to River, like you are experiencing something that Jesus experienced, she started sobbing. Yeah. It, like because it. It was like Jesus knows this, like literally like that. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, like that is for me like oh my goodness. It's like she's learning the beauty of sadness. There is something, it's it's a mystery, and if you've never experienced that, well, then I really hope for people listening, you know, that they that you really get there. Because sadness is not a bad thing. And but to 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 really have those two together, you know, to feel the beauty in the sadness is like a whole new expansion of our emotions, yeah. hmm. and to not be afraid of that, hmm. to not be afraid of sad. Like I know people are, some, you know, um, afraid of conflict or anything of that. Yeah. But <laughs> if you try and embrace it, like conflict is not a bad thing, or hmm. a hard conversation is is not a bad thing, but actually. It's good because it it expands us and it makes us grow. Um, if we learn to embrace those kind of emotions and situations, it's like, wow, it's like a whole new world opening up because yeah. we we're not so, you know, yeah, small in our thinking. It yeah. helps
0: build it helps. some of the empathy too that you were yeah. talking about, Rich. Like yeah. it, I yeah. I see. What, what am understand I? the man of sorrows and Jesus had that suffering and pain mm. and okay, I've had this this little bit, but then as a friend maybe goes through mm. something, you're like, man, I can taste just a little, I can attune mm. to a little bit of, of what you're going mm. through.
1: What, one of my favorite films is, is The Shadowlands uh, about C.S. Lewis. Mm. And there's this line in it where uh, one of his students uh, is having a conversation with C.S. Lewis. And he, he says that we read to know that we're not alone and and for me as a songwriter my my motivation is we write to let other people know that they're not alone Mm. and i think for our 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 little girl in that moment she she felt she wasn't alone because she knew that jesus had experienced that as well and and i think voicing our experience of god meeting us in the hard things Is a way of of saying God is with you. He He doesn't promise to take it away mm-hmm. all the time. Sometimes He does, and we've seen that miraculous breakthrough. But but the greater miracle, I think, is is Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, is that's the heart of who we are. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, in the like Psalm twenty three. I mean, the Psalms are so great at this. Mm-hmm. In the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah.
2: yeah. He's with us. You're with me. Yeah. You're with me. <laughs>
0: like that. And I, again, I think tradition that I grew up in sometimes was <laughs> he's with you maybe at the midnight hour right before he mm. gives mm. the miracle, but actually he's with you in that, yeah, in that pain, in that mm. sorrow, in that brokenness. I mean, you've written a number of songs kind of that draw, draw from this you know david's song even your recent project on like that came out during covid that had song for the jobless what's the yeah yeah. don't be afraid don't be afraid can you maybe that one or if there's another one kind of unpack this question came from angela my wife but like Mm. take us behind the scenes of maybe one of those songs that is dealing with some of the pain and and sorrow
2: yeah so um So one of the songs like with me, like David's song is um, we wrote that after my brother um, David had died uh, in a car crash. It was really it was sudden. It was very traumatic. Um, And he and it was like maybe five weeks later after he had died. um, I was at a worship night and we were singing God is good. God is good and i just i couldn't even sing in that moment and i just felt tears were just streaming down my cheeks and i was like but i'm choosing god you are good i don't understand this but you are good and then i just heard the phrase um you know uh, dance in the land of the living you oh. will dance yeah. yeah you will dance in the land of the living and i and just hope just dropped in my in my soul and um it was not like suddenly everything was fine, or I, I was still grieving. I was, but I remember coming home and because it was just me there, because you were with the children, and I said to you, you know, oh, we need to write a song about this. We need to write a song about um, about David somehow. So mm. that's how we started writing this song, isn't mm. it? That's, that was the start of it. Yeah.
1: Um, and it's uh, though I walked through the valley, the shadow of death. Um, and the grief that I carry is pounding on in my, my chest. chest. Yeah. I know that Jesus, you are with me. That's the that's the first verse. Yeah. And, um.
2: And then, but then I feel hope rise within me.
1: Yeah, and a joy I can't explain. Um. You've given me the courage to trust in you again.
2: Yeah. Um, and these are all. It's so real, yeah. isn't it? And I think then even uh last month someone said to me she lost her brother at the same time as I did I didn't know her at that time and she said when that song came out it it carried her through that season um because I think it's is literally giving people words to say or words to sing that normally wouldn't just bubble up inside you because you have there's nothing to say mm. but then having a song that says you know it's okay and I need to learn to trust again, because it's true. It, and these are real human feelings that we ha, we have. And we can't just say, oh, that doesn't matter, because it does matter. And if we don't do it well, it will catch up on us like in 10 years time, and we will get a burnout because we've just continued to just strive and yeah, just keep going. Pretend it doesn't exist, ignore, yeah, yeah, it, order. Pretend Yeah, pretend really hard, yeah. and it just does not work. Yeah. And you can be the best Christian, but it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: it's great that the, the experience of being able to do it for other people, but then it, I remember in the middle of COVID finding stumbling on Psalm 42 and 43. Um, what, why is my heart so downcast? And, mm. and there's some lines in there where we, we were experiencing what our, our favorite thing in the world is to, to worship with other people, to sing together. Mm. And, in the UK, we, we weren't allowed to sing together. The, you know, two people were allowed on the worship team to sing, and everyone else was not allowed to sing. Yeah, and you could was, be president. At
0: certain points, you could be present for Americans yeah. that didn't experience this. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you could you be, be a, present in the room, masked. Or yeah, or but or you love, weren't allowed to sing. To sing.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could you know cheekily sing uh, behind the mask. But <laughs> um, but finding that <laughs> that the, <was> words, <laughs> the words, words in Psalm forty-two and forty-three, and I, you know, I turned into my own sort of sort of rendering of the song is, um, I remain. I remember when I praised you and I worshipped in the crowd um but uh with awe and celebration we made your praises loud but now we've all been scattered like ashes on the ground um Mm. and and that was like i had to experience that the psalmist had given me a song an ancient song that is still you know gave words to my cry um and so if we get to be able to do that for other people that's that's a huge privilege and a joy but but it it that's the gift of, of poetry, of songs, of of creativity is is that is uh, yeah communicating something beyond just the rational, you know we believe X Y Z because mm. the Bible says X Y Z, you know I believe it's true, but what really spoke to me was the the depth of the uh, the experience of the psalmist in that because mm. you know ultimately the ultimate the psalmist psalmist says. I will praise you again. Yeah. Mm. And that was the invitation uh, and it is still the invitation. Yeah, it's not us. just a cognitive belief, it's mm. embodied in
0: mm. your li- like God's story and your story yeah. coming together. Mm. I mean, I, for churches that yeah, may struggle with songs that say words like grief or anxiety, depression, mm. I mean first I can remember particularly the David song like you guys recording that with Kings C- KXC like mm. at Scala right yeah, and, yeah. like and hundreds of people like mm. pressing into that song and singing and declaring that and yeah mm. many of them probably had circumstances that came to mm. mind as they sang that but yeah I know mm. some churches as you look at the lyrics of the top 25 mm. CCLI songs you probably wouldn't see words like anxiety and grief and come up Um, and even sometimes words like hope don't come up either but like what would you encourage maybe a a church that again wants to have that Christian hope that view that yeah Christ is present he's healing Mm. by the spirit restoring but also Mm. there's pain there's suffering like how could a church maybe a worship leader take take a next step into into creating this space in in ways that you you guys do kind of naturally,
1: yeah. I mean, my I, one of my greatest sort of uh, inspirations or like heroes is is Matt Redman, who's who's very familiar hanging out at the top of the CCLI charts, but but his his childhood was deeply traumatic, and he went through the most horrendous experience as as a child. He lost his dad to suicide and and lots of other really difficult things and and what i love about him writing a song like the Father song if you've ever heard that just this phenomenal experience of healing uh and and that's been a huge gift to millions of people around the world that song and so many others from him um and and his sort of steadfast sort of commitment to writing songs of praise because god's worthy that deeply rooted in the word and um so i th- i you know i i don't know what my, matt's advice would be because he's probably <laughs> got, got much be- better experience of uh, of all of that but but i i think um yeah. i i i think it it goes beyond what we're singing i think as a community and as a church um being able to be a space where we can be honest um, and also be vulnerable, um, and celebrating people uh, doing that and and making spaces for that, I think is is important. And then and then it will naturally bleed into to the songwriting and the songs, and you know, all, all intention. I think what you said earlier about making sure it's leading to Jesus is. That's the difficulty of of some of these areas and topics is that it can become navel gazing and introspection and mm. um, yeah so so I don't uh, yeah don't know if I it's haven't. a hard one isn't it yeah, It's it.
2: quite tricky mm. um, yeah I heard
0: earlier like Rich you said like listening like really listening mm. to the stories of people in your mm. community mm. I think sometimes that's in yeah. busy life and mm. we have our own agenda and needs yeah. like, yeah, yeah, but really sitting to hear yeah. the experience, the challenge, the loss, the brokenness, mm. also the yeah. testimonies of healing and restoration, yeah. but, but sitting there and, and then sometimes writing into mm. that or creating mm. a song.
2: Yeah, and I, I also think um, as a worship leader, deal with your own stuff like deal with traumas out of your childhood, deal with triggers that come up instead of just pushing them away. I think because if if we can do that as worship leaders and be free from that, we have way more to give because then, you know, if something comes up, it doesn't trigger us anymore and it might still be hard, but we can, it's easier. Um, I think that's a really important one.
1: And deal it, dealing with it by giving it to Jesus or how? how yeah, do do
2: and that? talk about it. Like, just talk about it with someone you trust. Um, and don't be too proud. <laughs> I really believe that. Like, we, we should never be too proud to ask for help. And I know this is a very simple, basic thing, but I, I think we need to hear it sometimes that we don't have it all together. We need each other. We need people and we need to be able to say, you know, I need help in this or this is triggering me. Can you please? I just need to talk about this because if we're too proud to just think, you know, we've got it all together because we're a worship leader, we're on the stage and whatever. It's a slippery road and we we can't have that. Um, So be accountable, be open for people to speak into your life. I think it's so important. yeah, and go, go to places where people teach you. Because, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's so good to do that, to just go there as a, you, you know, just receive. Receive God's healing. Go to, a, to something where you be taught about the Father's love. Very basic stuff, again, yeah. to just be and receive. Yeah. And where you don't have to lead anything. I think sometimes it's very good for us.
0: Oh, it's so good. And, yeah, yeah as, as we wrap up, there's a question that, one of my students have asked that I've asked a lot of guests and you got, you started mm. to answer this mm. Lydia, but kind of like, yeah, for both of you, if you'd jump in that DeLorean, that back mm. to the future, do you remember this? Like that mm. takes you back in time and you meet mm. yourself 19, 20, 21 year old, rich mm. Lydia, same thing. Is there a encouragement you'd give yourself a word? Uh, a word of wisdom, a challenge that you'd you'd maybe tell your younger self, just getting started in in Christian ministry and life.
2: Mm.
1: I think I would give two bits of advice that I I got from from Pat Barrett a few years ago uh, when he was he was teaching at a conference. Name
0: drop right now? No, I'm just kidding. I, he, I'm was, just kidding. It he was no, he joking. was talking at a I'm thing joking. Joking.
1: and I was there. No, I was joking. in the room.
2: You would call his nickname.
0: Um, a, you were in a green room with Matt Redman, <laughs> Pat yeah. Barrett, Darlene Jack. Yeah. No.
1: There's a there's a great nickname for Pat Barrett, um Fat Parrot, but, uh, <laughs> which which he loves. Um Um but so the two 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 things uh were to not take yourself too seriously, mm-hmm. but to take the gifting God's given you very seriously. And uh he, you know he embodies that as someone who doesn't take himself seriously but really takes his his gifting seriously mm. um and and in that sense of i remember when i was 18 somebody somebody gave me the advice of of um you're not believing your own your own bull, yeah. and it was you know if you're leading and the whole room is engaged and people are falling over in the spirit and speaking in tongues and being raised from the dead, this probably not your fault. Um, (laughs) And, and most of the time, if you're leading and it's the complete opposite, it's also probably not your fault. Um, and and so just recognizing you can play a role in, in facilitating worship, but ultimately God's people are the ones who worship and, um, and it's sp- yeah it's god yeah. who is at work like- yeah mm. and i think the other the, the other bit of advice again again from from fat parrot um was um <laughs> <laughs> pat barrett was the the gift that's grown is better than the gift that's given and and this sense of uh that special gifting or anointing or can can crush people as easily as it can can make them fly and and actually growing over time, growing into a gifting and, and taking a seed and growing it into an oak tree is, is a much more uh, fruitful, sustainable, lasting thing. And, and so, you know, just because God has called you to go to the nations or to write the songs of a generation or whatever it might be that God has, those big prophetic words, that's the seed, it's not the finished Things so so allow time to grow it and mm. um and don't take yourself too seriously. That was my that would be, I would definitely that appreciate would be, those bits of advice. If <laughs> you and Pat Barrett went in the DeLorean <laughs> <Yeah>. to talk <laughs> to that's yourself. Great.
0: That's what you'd have Pat say. To, you know, that's yeah. awesome. Lydia, that's what about cute. you? What would you maybe encourage yourself or challenge yourself into? You know, as you were just mm. kind of undergrad age, just getting yeah into life ministry
2: mm. um, it's quite a hard question yeah. I find it a hard question um, if I'm really honest I think so one of the things I I can think of is just keep walking and don't hold resentment hmm. keep forgiving keep forgiving <laughs> keep looking at Jesus, yeah, and to just go, you know, yeah, just knowing that Jesus sees whatever you do, um, and it's not always, it doesn't have to be big, but it's the little things that matter, and whatever you do, you know, it it matters in God's eyes, I think that's what I love, like, it's not what people see, but it's what God sees. So, um, and it's cultivating those little moments. It's the moments when no one's watching. Those are the the moments that matter. You know, it's the ninety eight percent of our lives yeah. that people don't see. That's where it all grows, yeah. and people see just the shiny fruit. You know, but all the, it matters what that the ground is healthy. It's soaked by saturated by jesus and focus on that like be in that place in the hiding place with jesus and stay there for the rest of your life (laughs) yeah um
0: oh that's so good thank you both so much for your time friendship encouragement letting us to dissect some of your your songs and even your experiences a little Mm. bit really appreciate you both
2: Mm, thank you for having thanks us thanks for having us yeah. yeah, it's amazing
0: thanks for listening today and a special thanks to the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship for their support of this podcast
2: grace, grace that is